85 Videos is track number 9 on Mew's 7th studio album, Visuals. The song was produced by Mew and recorded in Copenhagen and released on the indie label Play It Again Sam in 2017. 85 Videos was the first single released from Visuals and the first music video from the album to premiere alongside on February 16, 2017. It can be found at number 41 in the Fringers survey. Hi, this is Jonas from Mew, and uh, you're listening to the MewX Podcast. Welcome back to the MewX Podcast. With me today are my co-hosts, Kier. Hello. Ian and Otva. Hello. Hi. Yeah, you just get to speak on top of each other. It's fantastic. <laughs> Perfect. How are you doing, guys? Good. Um, Good. Today, we're also joined by a, a new guest and friender, Richard Salas. Good day, mate. <laughs> He's joining us all the way from Australia, if you couldn't guess. <laughs> so, what time is it again at, at your place right now? Oh, right now, it's 10 to 4 a.m. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, That's um, commitment. Are, are you working today? <laughs> uh, I, I hope not. Not anymore. Well, I mean, it, it depends. <laughs> Do you consider this podcast work? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's it's also from you're calling from the future in my my book. It's uh, just like twenty past eight now here on the on a Sunday night. So yeah, in in my book, you're living in Monday. So that's why I'm asking. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Today's song is eighty five videos. Richard, um, usually we invite you know guests who has some sort of relation to to the song you know mm. or a good story or you know a specific preference but in this specific case uh, you didn't really have a a preference for this song specifically so um you just kind of said you could talk about Mew regardless of the song you could babble on or i can't remember your exact phrasing is that right so, something like that but um that being said i am glad that you did pick this song cuz um you know, it's 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 a great song, and <laughs> I I thought I was gonna uh, say something interesting about it then, but then I didn't. Thus, kind of proving your theory that there's not much to say about it. Um, but no, yeah, no, no. It's a it's a it's a great song. If you'd give me a list and ask me to pick it, I, I might have done so. Um, Tell us um, when did you first get into Mew? So um, I first discovered Mew when. Um, Back in 2006, I was in high school, and in Australia, they have a TV show called Rage. I don't know if you guys probably haven't heard of that, um, which basically is music videos overnight on weekends. So it starts at midnight, it finishes at like 9am, and I would use VHS tapes and I would tape the night <laughs> beforehand, and yeah. then I'd fast forward through it. Um, and usually I'll just fast forward through bands that I'm not familiar with. Um, but there was something wrong with the tape and it started recording at the start of the Zookeeper's Boy. Ooh. And I was like, okay, I'll listen to that. And I'd never heard anything like it in my life. And I was just so moved by it. And like, it was both like a, you know, like the, obviously the audio is just such an incredible song, but the visuals as well, like, 
it, it blew my mind. Like they they looked like a metal band, but they weren't one. Um, yeah. And <laughs> you know, like <laughs> and um, yeah, no, I just absolutely you know fell in love with it, and um, I've I've been pretty obsessed since. Um, you know, I think just Jonas's voice just um, still astounds me to this day. I, I it's probably you know it's probably safe to say it's probably my favorite singer of um of all time actually um but just yeah um yeah and then i think you know i started discovering other videos and just other songs from them and just weirded out by how different they were like when um um no more stories came out um and the first single from that was um introducing palace players and um that is such an unconventional song like it takes like a minute before it starts resembling you know traditional pop music and even then it's very strange and my first reaction was like whoa is this Mew? like this is the same bands and i just thought it's such a weird such a weird song and it had such a strange video as well but it was one of those things where it's just like it's so weird that it sticks in your brain and you can't shake it out um, and at that point, I'm just like, I'm going to have to investigate further. I'm going to have to, um, you know, really check out what this band's about. So, yeah. Not, 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 I like that. Yeah, not a super interesting story. But, like, you know, it, it's, it, it was one of those rare moments. Like, like it doesn't happen to me very often at all because I listen to so much music and I make so much music that usually, you know, I'll just, you know, know, know how it's done. But with Mew... It was just, it was just that feeling. It was like, whoa, you know, human beings can make this, you know, mm-hmm. especially with a song like "The Zookeeper's Boy" and that that outro where all the voices are laid on each other. Like, yeah. It kind of reminded me, like, when when I was a baby, my mum would play me Enya, um, and, uh, and for yeah. some reason that sort of stuck in my brain permanently. Um, and so listening to Jonas kind of sing at the end of that song really kind of took me back to that in a weird sort of beyond nostalgic feeling like it was really warm and fuzzy and i just yeah i was just completely sold that's a nice story i like it yeah yeah, yeah. that was beautiful thanks yeah. <laughs> maybe we should have let you have a little introduction here but were you the guy who said you used to work in radio or works in radio yes yes so i think i suggested to the other guys here that Maybe we should just let him like host the episode <laughs> oh. and see how it goes. Yeah, uh, I, I can I can try that. I mean, yeah. Well, um, are you in for it? He's in. Yeah, He's yeah, in, yeah. guys. Sweet. You just don't want to host, do you? <laughs> yeah, you always leave it up to, to us, Thomas, if you can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll I'll just leave. Bye. <laughs> I, I'm more than happy to host, but just expect for like a major format change for like this episode. Oh yeah. Of course, <laughs> I don't know yeah. how much you guys value consistency. Or um, relevant well. information. Um, <laughs> okay, well, um, you know, putting on, um, starting my hosting duties, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell my own personal story that relates to Mute, kind of, you know. I guess this sort of ties into the 85 videos as well, because this story takes place around Visuals era, 2017. Um, uh, I'm an Australian. I live in Adelaide, South Australia. Um, and... I was studying at university. My um, girlfriend, who's now my wife, was living in Sydney. And I would always go over and visit her every holiday. And then one day, Mew, 
announced they were coming back to Australia, which just, you know, blew my mind because, you know, it's it, as you guys are probably aware, you know, it, it took like forever to get Muse to come down to Australia yes. in 2015. Mm-hmm. It was a huge camp. I thought it was never going to happen. And then you know, I was about I to say, I, rem- I remember them posting the photo with the koi, yeah. koala, and all that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. quite a big deal. So that that was big that, celebration so that... on Facebook. I remember as well. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah, for group. sure, huge. Yeah. yeah. So that was 2015, and I thought to myself, okay, well that's it. They're not coming back. And then they came back in 2017. They came back to Australia, and they were playing a venue that was right next door to my girlfriend's house. Like, literally like a five-minute walk away from where she lived. And it happened to fall just in the holiday period, which meant that I was going to go over and fly over and see them. And a friend of mine who's um, a, um, you know, a sort of a, a, a booker, again, <laughs> sleep deprivation, I'm not telling the story as coherently as I possibly could, um, they arranged for me to meet the band and have an interview with the band for my radio show. Um, So they'd set me up with like all this sort of portable recording gear and I was going to go backstage or wherever and interview one of the members, possibly Jonas, possibly Johan. It was probably going to be that Chatterpox Silas, um, (laughs) at which point I wouldn't have been able to get a word and he just would have, you know, talked the whole time. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know what he's like. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was all set up and in place and ready to go. And then my university said, oh, by the way, we're, we're setting an exam. I think the day that all oh, that was supposed shit. to happen, which meant yeah. I could no longer leave Adelaide. Oh. So I came this close to seeing a Mew concert and meeting the band. Um, and then I, I because, of, because of uni timetables, I, I had to miss out and... To this day, I, I I wondered to myself like, should I have just skipped the exam and gone anyway? Or so yeah. that that's 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 my sad news story. It's probably Oof. less interesting now that I've, I've told it. Um, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> it I, I was about it to is. drop a joke like, and this is the reason why you didn't go. And now you get the reason, right? And then you did it, and like, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> oh I mean, man, there, that sucks. There's I mean, there's a little bit of a happy ending in that the exam. I ended up getting like ninety something percent on it. So oh, nice. perhaps oh, okay. the moral is yeah. Mew is bad for your education. And it's a smarter <laughs> choice. Yeah. And also, and, and the exact same sort of situation happened again a couple of months later with another band that I also love. And that time I was actually able to go and meet them and interview them. Um, oh, nice. So I didn't get Mew, but I got this other band that I really loved. And what band is this? Um, Everything, Everything, if you guys are... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have a thing for... um falsetto singers apparently yeah <laughs> and that's that's yeah. probably it's probably because like um i'm a singer myself i'm a, I'm a singer in a band myself and oh, nice. um i have a um i have a very sort of deep baritone voice and people listen to me singing there's like oh you must be obsessed with you know ian curtis and paul banks and mm. you know matt berninger or whatever and i'm just like no no the people i love are people <laughs> like Jonas bier and you know, everything, everything, and Jonathan from um, Mercury Rev and stuff like that. Just people who I would nice. not be able to imitate in a trillion years. Mm. Right. I don't know why that is, but yeah. Uh, I, I get where you're coming from. I, I have quite a deep singing voice as well, and I find that you always want to mimic the voice that you can't have. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, the grass yeah. is greener. Yep. Yeah, and it is, I think it's also like, 
you know, I hear, you know, other deep baritone vocals and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I do that every day. <laughs> Whereas someone like Jonas Bier has such a beautiful angelic voice that I could just never attain ever. And so there's that sort of feeling of mystery of it. It's like, oh, how does he do that? You know, yeah. and I think, I think that's really important, actually. I think, I don't know, for me, it, that kind of gets lost after a few years of kind of working in music and also just being exposed to so much. You kind of lose that feeling of, oh, how did they do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you ever come across someone or a band or an artist that makes you feel that way, it's, it's really special. And um, mm-hmm. Mew, Mew definitely fall into that category for me. What's your initial... <clears throat> What's your initial... Ugh, what is your initial um, reaction to 85 videos by Mew? Perfect. That's how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> He's hosting. So I'm, He's drinking. I'm, looking I'm for hosting. A job, Richard. <laughs> I'm having a break. You know, you, you guys know I'm not a big visuals fan or visuals listener. So yeah. answer his question, damn it. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I love 85 videos. It's probably one of my favourite uh, of the newer Muse songs, generally speaking. It kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, some of the more simpler pop songs in terms of structure. But at the same time, I think it's got a lot going on beyond the structure, which makes it great. Um, but yeah, I love it. I like the the sort of vibe it gives off, but I think it feels a little bit unfinished in some ways. Um, I... I don't like the play between the chorus and pre-chorus. I think they should have just picked one of those and it would have been stronger, but that's just my opinion on it. Right, yeah. I mean, I think Visuals is a really great album and I love every song on the album. 85 Videos is probably on the lower end of my favorites on the album, but still, yeah, still great. I listen to it a lot, so, yeah. Oh, I'm the outlier here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, to me, 85 Videos is like a classic Muse song. Um, I think that's why it's it's one of the few songs I've really liked off the album early on. Um, and it feels a bit like it has a bit of a throwback line, like the Angel reference is a bit of a throwback line to the, the good old Fringers times. So mm. I'm not sure quite yet exactly what the videos are about here, but... Um, I'm I'm looking forward to looking into it for sure, but yeah, if I had to pick a visual songs, uh, this this would be probably my favorite visual song. Oh, um, I I don't know if you guys were planning on um talking about this later on, but the thing for me about eighty five visuals, it was kind of my f- I mean I, th- I assume for all of us in a way, um, my first taste of what Mew were going to be without Bo. Carry, carrying me to safety, I don't know about you guys, to me, it kind of, like, it, it felt like sort of a continuation of the sort of plus minus sound in a way to me, whereas mm-hmm. um, yep. 85 Videos was the first taste of something new, you know, it was the first pop song yeah. that we heard from you, and it was, I think, whilst a song like Carry Me to Safety was never really going to be a guitar-driven song anyway, 85 Videos was really the first, you know, taste that we had, it was like, okay, this is what the new version of Mew is, this is what the version of because you know ever since Bo left um you know one of the thoughts I was kind of going around in my mind is like okay Bo was such a huge integral part of their sound what are they going to sound like without him you know there's that sense of mystery and um for me 85 videos is significant because that's sort of the first answer 
that we got, if if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, and I found it really interesting that um, you know, it was a lot heavier in terms of synth than mm. a lot of the stuff that yep. they did before. Is very much a synth pop driven song, but there was still guitar in there, um, and there's yeah. kind of a significant guitar, um, enough guitar that you know it kind of reassured you that like you know, the band weren't going to be giving up on the instrument just because their guitar player was no longer with them. Um, I feel like that's like the whole album is, is very yeah, synth-driven. Absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to say like the, the latest single from Tackies, like uh, The World's... How is... The, what's the title again? When the World Wakes Up. Yes, When the World Wakes. Like, I feel like that's like a natural progression of that style. I uh, recently recommended that single to to like a little album group I'm in, and um, I then ended up like, okay, if he li- there was this guy who liked the song, and I'm like, okay, if he's into this sort of sound, he specifically liked the vocals, so I'm like, hmm, I'll try and send him like 85 videos, just like a, it feels like a natural continuation of that kind of, because um, yeah. there's a lot of similarities I feel. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really glad you brought that up because that, that was actually a note that I had is that in, in some ways, 85 videos, you know, I feel like the way that I would have thought of that song before Tashi's released anything uh, compared to now is different because you can see that a song like 85 videos is really setting up sort of the building blocks for a project like Tashi's to exist. And, you know, who knows how that's going to kind of you know, move into um, the next Mew record when we get that in the next, you know, 10, 20 years or whenever it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it it, def- it definitely feels like a, um, you know, knowing what we know now, more of a, more of a sort of a, a transitional piece into something new, which, you know, I yeah. think makes it significant. Because they'd played around with synths before. They've been playing around with synths for ages. But um, it had never sounded so um, kind of synth pop like sort of yeah. 80s synth pop sounding and this was really their first time where they really leaned into that and now Jonas is um leaning further into that sound than ever so have any of you guys seen uh, seen the song live yes definitely yeah, a few times yeah. yeah personally i never got to see it um i never saw any visual show so but like right. how is it tell me it's an interesting one live i think uh there's definitely a lot more guitar in the live, you know, when they play it live. Yeah. Um, which I don't always feel necessarily works for the song, uh, if I'm honest. Uh, just because, you know, when you hear it on the album, it's so synth-driven. It's kind of jarring to me when I hear it live, just because of all the guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the, I feel like on the recording, the synths have this sort of glowy sound to them. Mm. Like it just sounds ethereal almost. And that does not translate into the live setting as well. And I think it's also because Jonas's voice sounds a lot more rough compared to the recorded version. And so that that sort of angelic um, vibe gets a little bit um, grungified in a way. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way of explaining it. Definitely grungified. <laughs> yeah, it's, I guess it's just harder to play that sort of music live than when yeah, you play more rocky so. stuff. You know, like mm. when you if you play you know special i guess that's easier than playing the synth uh, stadium rock i don't know right it's yeah. kind of like it's one of those songs like you know how they don't really play something like the seething rain uh, lives a lot because they mm-hmm. you know they say it's really difficult mm-hmm. i imagine you know i get the vibe with 85 videos to kind of get that album sound it's 
probably the same kind of issues. Um, but I still like hearing it live. Like, you know, I'll yeah. always sing along to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the few uh, live videos I just saw before we started here, I, I noticed quickly that they don't have that ambience of animal noises and such. Uh, carried on to the the live set they just kind of have right. the synths of the keyboards yeah uh, and and then the the live instruments um so yeah I, I feel like it it definitely lost a little bit of the i don't know if it's a charm but like it lost something there um yeah mm. i mean um from my perspective I've, I've 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 never seen it in person but i've seen a bunch of videos um the thing about 85 videos is that it is such a studio production and to really capture that live, you're going to need a couple of extra people on stage. Um, yeah. And then you strip it back to just the five of them, which means, you know, you're going to lose a lot of layers of synth, you know. I mean, yeah. So it's like, you know, Doc, Dr. Watts is a great keyboard player. Don't get me wrong. And he does, he does a great job. But there's only so much you can do with one keyboard on one setting, um, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, in, in a live environment. Um, and so yeah. you are going to lose a lot. Like I, I, I hear personally on the studio mix, like even with that sort of introductory synth sound that goes down, down. Um, there's probably like at least two different synth sounds layered on top of each other, um, mm. and then you have some really subtle sort of ambient synths kind of playing in the background alongside things like you know bongo drums and you know, all sorts of layered vocals from Jonas. And, you know, there's a lot of studio production trickery going on. Um, And then you strip all that away. And, you know, I find, you know, the song, it's a lot more quiet. It's a lot more subtle. It doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't really whack you in the face in the same way because you're losing all of those elements that really make the song kind of sonically pop. So, music video, guys, directed by Jonas Pierre, and the song is edited down to a shorter version in the video. I'm guessing to to kind of fit radio. It's yeah. probably what we would know as a radio edit of the song. I believe it's four minutes long, whilst the official album one is 4.37 or something like that. What do you think? What's going on in this video? So, I, I really love the, the video because I just... <laughs> like the whole kaleidoscope uh, imagery that Jonas made for uh, visuals and that's really you know plays a, a big part in this video and you see all the the whole band in the video with the uh, kaleidoscopes on the faces and you see like a full uh, full person with, like the insides of a person with veins and stuff lighting up uh, it just looks looks really cool it also like I think it, the visually it works really awesome it, it just has such a, a visual impact but i also think about what it would be like to be those people and have these um this projector like blasting you in the face that must be like so uncomfortable oh yeah they have their eyes closed so <laughs> yeah the, the very ending you see Jonas open his eyes just a little bit oh, okay yeah, what you, say? you have to suffer for your art yeah yep. It's it kind of reminded me. Have you guys seen that um, special on Netflix, uh, Bo Burnham's Inside? I haven't yes. seen it yet. No. 
But... Oh, oh my God. It's so good. It's hilarious. Uh, basically, it's the story of this comedian basically going crazy throughout uh, COVID lockdown. And it's just like him writing stupid songs to go along with his descent into madness. Mm. And he does a lot of the same kind of thing with a projector. Like he'll create the video beforehand and then start projecting it on his body in different ways. And it, like, it's, it's very creative and fun. So if you enjoy that kind of thing, the, the humor is a little bit um, kind of highbrow and uh, a little bit snooty. And yeah, he seems um, like it's that way. <laughs> and it, like he, he plays up the whole entitled white male thing. Like right. to a degree that's at actually really funny to me, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's not for everybody. But if you like that sort of like humor and art making, I, I highly recommend it. I watched it three times already. Oh, we, the album is starting to become a bit of a a homestay. It's growing into like a regular when we're doing dishes album because the songs are just <laughs> infectious and like that. And like, who no, hasn't been facetiming getting... their mom recently? I don't know. I felt, I felt a little bit. I felt that song a little bit too much. I, I, the one that got me and it keeps getting me over and over and is is a white woman's Instagram because like it's so cliched and it's just perfectly executed. Latte foam art, tiny pumpkins, fuzzy comfy socks. table made out of driftwood a bobblehead of ruth bader ginsburg a needlepoint of a fox some random quote from lord of the rings incorrectly attributed to martin luther king is this heaven or am i looking at a white woman Do you have any thoughts on the video, Richard? Um, well, I, I watched the video again um, in preparation for this. I noticed that the top comments on YouTube said, um, when the notification popped up and it says, Mew has uploaded 85 videos. And I was like, holy shit, they weren't messing around. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, if they they were gone for like six years beforehand, I mean, you know, 85 is like... As for the video itself, like... Um, I think it's probably of all of Muse videos, at least all of Muse videos up to that point, it's the most Jonas, I think. Oh, um, yes. It's, it's, you know, yeah. like Jonas has always done his own visual stuff for live shows and for his solo projects and for other artists and all those things, but it never really made its way into Mew music videos themselves. Um, mm -hmm. And 85 videos is one of the first times where you know, it was just everything about it is just so distinctively him. And I thought it was, you know, the perfect way to kind of introduce the Visuals era. Um, and I absolutely love the fact that um, not only, you know, does it make up this music video, but if you buy the CD, it's, you know, all the sort of images in the booklet um, come from, you know, similar shoots. Um, and so it kind of, you know, this video and, you know, the album booklet and all the rest of it, it really kind of sucks you into this kind of world, um, which I think generally speaking, you know, sums up the music 
on the album quite well you know it's 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 dark but colorful it's slightly surreal um and arty um but not to a point where it's frightening um yeah i it's extremely simple and it's extremely simple idea but i just feel like in this case he's executed it so well that you know i can't help but fall in love with it Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I think it's one of my favorite videos by me. Yeah. And I don't think it would work as well if it was any other song. I think it's like a whole Absolutely. package kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I remember when I I met Jonas in Bristol uh, after the, one of the shows. I I asked him about the video a little bit, um, and he was you know he went into great detail about kaleidoscopes and stuff. I can't remember the exact thing he said, but I actually uh, found a quote online, which is you know close to what he was saying um basically he said the thing about kaleidoscopes is it's a beautiful thing because almost no matter what the state of the original image it ends up being symmetrical uh indefinable and something a picture of your messy desk turns into some like a strange flower and he said i like that you can't really envision what it'll look like until you see it and he thinks his music is a bit like that too even as they're working on it and i just found that quite interesting Kind of, kind of tying into the eighty-five videos, uh, you know, music video. Um, what what do people make of the visuals artwork? Because I've seen a variety of opinions on that online. Like there are some people that go, "Oh, you know, it wouldn't be a new album if it didn't have the worst cover ever." And then other people <laughs> going, "It's a bit too normal for them." Um, you know, wh- where do you guys fall on that? Yeah, I think with the visuals album cover, it's probably the one that stands out the least to me when I think about it. Like, I don't know. It is kind of, I, I do think it's cool um, because it's got the whole projection thing, especially when you've got the, like the 3D uh, glasses version of it where you can kind of have a look at it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I always found, I think the one that stuck out to me the most was plus minus because of how like messy it was. But mm-hmm. this one, uh, as you say, it seems a bit safe for them almost. It's very clean, yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah. definitely a lot more conventional and a lot more simplistic. Um, I will say the one thing about the album cover which may make it or break it is um, the fact that it's not a huge stretch to imagine another band running with artwork that's similar. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, mm. you know, like Coldplay. I mean, it's more messy than time, Fringers. Didn't. I would say. True, true. Oh, yeah. Fringes, true. yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously compare it to something like, you know, Kites and No More Stories and Plus Minus, yeah. which is like, you know, that's new. Like, no, no one else could get away with that. Um, yeah. yeah. Although, yeah, and, and although, it's, I mean, they have had simpler covers. I mean, like the first two albums, no one ever talks about, you know, they have got incredibly simplistic sleeves. Um, mm-hmm. And at least this one, you know, it still feels like, I mean, it still feels new to me. You know, a much more simple version, a much more kind of direct version. Uh, not not just with the album cover, but the album title as well. You know, Visions yeah. is just such a simple title. I was kind of thrown back by that. It, and it, my initial thought was like, oh, really? You're, you're calling the album that? I mean, I, I think it's interesting you say that because I, you know, during interviews and stuff, during the album making process, they were saying how this album was going to be a lot more straightforward for them in terms of like you know, structure and everything like that, but also them doing everything themselves as well yeah. um, for the first time, which I, yeah, it's just interesting you say that because I think it kind of links in a bit. Yeah, and you can definitely tell that it was made by Jonas. It looks like an evolution of what we see on Eggs Are Funny, 
this like this mm. topless uh person like from shoulders up and then it, they're kind of like obscured in some way that you can't tell exactly who it is it's obviously Jonas you, you we know that but yeah. he's using his own body as the artwork what he he does that a lot of times you know in in videos in mm. all of his artwork he manipulates himself in such a way and like the whole clean aesthetic about it like that definitely feels like something i i love it personally because that's the type of design that i like the more hmm. minimalist design less messy more like tight um, so I, I have a preference for this just from the visual standpoint of it, but, um, yeah. it definitely has that vibe you're talking about where 85 videos feels like Jonas, that cover feels like Jonas too. One thing I did find interesting and maybe I'm reading too much into it or it was actually just a comment that somebody else made that I sort of leaped onto, but I found it really interesting with just the visuals era in general. And I know we're kind of getting a little bit off topic here, but like the plus minus era was all about the four because johan was back and Bo was still mm, around yeah. and you know all the press releases and interviews were sort of emphasizing the four um and then obviously you can't do that with visuals um but i found it really interesting when that original press release came out announcing the album it was all quotes from Jonas. you didn't really hear anything about anybody else and then mm -hmm. the album cover is just Jonas. you know i mean there are pictures of um Silas and johan in the booklet but unless you buy it you wouldn't know that um yeah and i, I just thought that was it was i don't, I don't I, I'm, I'm sure that wasn't like an intentional statement on their part i think it just sort of happened that way but it does kind of remind me of things like you know like the the last vampire weekend album where like the focus kind of went onto ezra did you get mm. a chance to um to listen to the nordic portrait podcast interview um no okay because it's basically out there now that the reason they made visuals was because they had to. Otherwise, the Mew would have gone bankrupt after Plus Minus. Oh, really? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't heard it, it's a really good interview. Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. I, I remember Bo talking a lot about how Plus Minus was one of the most you know expensive albums in Danish history or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Which, mm -hmm. which I believe because they took a long time on that and... Um, you know, being released in 2015, you can only expect yeah, to. I have of a feeling their so their old process for making songs is just too time consuming, mm -hmm. and uh, that kind of bit them in the in the butt uh, on plus minus. Uh, as good as yeah. uh, that album is. Oh yeah, I, I did. I did notice that. Um, uh, candy pieces all smeared out stems from plus minus sessions. Um, hmm. Because that song yes. has been flanked. So it makes me wonder how much of visuals are just sort of revamped outtakes. Do you, do you have any information on that? I don't think it's too much. I don't think I think it's a few bits and bobs here and there. But I think most of it, it was written during touring and stuff. Uh, yeah. During the plus minus. I mean, III obviously also stems from plus yeah, minus the, era. Yeah. There are bits definitely that are taken. Yeah. So mm. some of it for sure is older. It's also clear, yeah, that like they record a lot of bits, and these bits might be years old before they make the make an album. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was it mm. uh, the I am shaky part was recorded in two thousand four? Yeah. Something like, like that. Pre yeah. pre kites. Yeah. Uh, yeah. according yeah. to the mixtape we got sent. So, um, Did you hear that mixtape, uh, Richard? 
Oh no, I haven't. But I'm not. I'm not surprised to hear that. Like you know, that's pretty normal when it comes to artists. They've been around for a long time. You know, I myself, when I'm writing songs, will always refer to like old ideas I threw out years ago when putting together songs. The reason the reason why I asked is just because um, you know, uh, visuals came out uncharacteristically quickly for them. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, funnily yeah. enough, Bo Bo said it would come out in April 2017 in an interview when they were to, when they were prom <laughs> um, promoting plus minus. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't far off. It wasn't um, far off. And yeah. actually, um, plus minus came out on my birthday, and visuals was not too far away from that. So those were nice presents right. to get. Um, completely yeah. useless information. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm just asking I'm just asking because I'm interested because yeah, um, you know, visuals did come out quite quickly. Um, you've, you've just told me that, you know, they would go bankrupt if they didn't make it. Um, me being the naive fan that I am, I, I was, I was hopeful that they were kind of getting back into gear again and being yeah. like, okay, let's, you know, stop, you know, cause I, you know, I, after visuals was out, I was like, oh, hopefully I don't have to wait too long for the next one. So 85 videos here. Do you want to give us a, a few words about it? What's going on in this song? On yeah a, on a more technical level take it away so i think for me 85 videos is like a really interesting song in the fact that you know you hear a lot of fans and stuff talk about things like time signatures chord progressions like chord phrasings and all this kind of stuff with new 85 videos is a bit simpler uh in terms of like chord structure and you know general the way it's played out but I think the complexity of the song comes from, you know, what Richard touched upon earlier, which is the amount of layering uh, involved in the song. So, like, the amount of synths in there, uh, you know, he, he counted two. I think I counted probably roughly around the same. Um, but with, you know, how do I put it? Background synths, like Richard said before. Um, there's a lot going on in terms of the instrumentation. You know, you've got all the guitars and all that kind of stuff. It's all there. It's less um at the forefront but it's mixed really well i think um it's very interesting because this is you know a song that you know the band makes completely themselves and i think it's got a really good production on it um it's got some interesting time signature moments like there's a six four section uh towards the end which is you know kind of like double time um it's i don't know i think all the layers and all the combination of everything that's there makes for a very lush kind of song and it's why it's one of my favorites like you've got a song like mika which is again quite straightforward but i think in terms of complexity 85 videos has it beat um there was one element i know Anne's not a big fan of but like uh the bridge structure uh with the chorus uh like the pre uh chorus i, I personally i'm a big fan of the two because like for me when i first heard the song when it got to the pre-chorus i i I already thought we were in the chorus because of the, mm -hmm. you know, the hook of the, the yeah. melody. And then it kind of like took me aside and kind of was like, well, here's a bigger chorus with a even bigger, more complex, beautiful melody. And it, I find it, I was awestruck when I first heard that. And it, it really, really impacted me in that song. It's like the use of tension and release in this song is, yeah, one of my favorites in a new song personally uh but there's like some interesting details as well because um i remember there was a interview where the band mentioned that they were in an airport in sicily and silas while he was pulling his luggage along uh yes. on the like 
you know, the floor was making an interesting kind of sound. They recorded that and used it as the basis for a beat. And it's occurred yeah. in this song within the bridge. <laughs> um, but you, you know, you wouldn't notice it, uh, cause it's like really, really mixed in there well, but it's, that's why I really like this song because it's got so much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I just think it's beautiful. I think it's such a grand sounding song for Mew. Uh, yeah, their first proper synth pop song and I, it really works for me. <laughs> I, I don't, again, I think, you know, Mew's known for their guitars and stuff like that, but I think in this song you still have, you know, all the ingredients that make a Mew song barring you know the guitar itself but it's kind of like made up for with the use of the synths they they come to the forefront for sure but yeah love it love it (laughs) nice i mean on that i think this this song in a way really sums up the sort of band that mu are because me and presumably you guys and a lot of mu fans will look at this song and go oh it's just a pop song you know, it's just Muse pop song, you know, they're, they're mm. capable of doing much more complex grand things. But it says a lot that Muse kind of straightforward pop song consists of multiple time signature changes and key changes and yeah. Um, yeah. all sorts of different sections that you would never hear on a normal radio song. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is them doing simplistic pop. So it, I think, you know, it just, <laughs> yeah. it just sums them up perfectly, I think, yep, when you look at it, it does, yeah. that way. But would you guys, and this might be more the old crew here, would this fall into the the shame of Mew? No. Hell no. Nah. No. Nah. No. It's too high quality. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Definitely so, not. Um, I, I, I just wanted that. to clarify that because, yeah, they've got pop no, songs, no, no. but then there are songs, right, like, mm. that got was, classified that way. <laughs> wasn't, like, Miku or Kim Christian? Classified yeah, that yeah. way was that was where it comes from? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's correct. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I I don't think they've made a song that could be classified as the shame of Mew since then. So, in my opinion, same. Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. And I still like those songs anyway. <laughs> yeah, so do I. Can we touch a bit upon the ambience of eighty-five videos here? Um, yeah, I did not on my first few first listens or for the first year or something notice that. I guess I kind of did, but I didn't pay attention enough. But then I got my fancy new headphones, and suddenly I noticed there's a lot of animal noises going on here, like in the especially in the intro. Um, furthermore, yeah. that there's like there's these background vocals, uh, like that calls back to to the sort of vocals they they also used on satellites, uh, the the sort of Steve Reich inspired um, noises. Uh, or vocal mm-hmm. noises, I guess. Um, I don't know. Is, was that just not paying good attention because I'm not a big visuals listener? Or probably. <laughs> okay. Maybe I don't know. Uh, it's uh, subtle d- in the back, like. But if you listen to it enough times, you're like, yeah, I know that there's something back there yeah. for sure. You'll and hear that's it. again why I I think this song is way more complex than people give it credit for. There's just yeah. so much layer, so many layers to it. It's great. Let's move on to lyrics. And um, Anne, would you please take it away? We talk so much And I feel like I know you You see what it costs We talk so much And I feel like I know you You say what it costs And I play and define you Oh God, 
don't care so much. For a start, leave it out. Are we decided? Decided? Or leaving out too much? We don't have time. Let it go. These 85 videos. With broken eyes, time flows and never flies. We don't have time. Let it go. These 85 videos. It makes me sad. Of no use. Angel, I found you. In the drifting lights. In the drifting lights. Oh, angel, I'll find you. Should have known you'd side with the drifting lights. I'm most sincere when I'm talking to strangers. They somehow appear in my hour of defenselessness. We don't have time, let it go. These 85 videos. With broken eyes, time flows and never flies. We don't have time, let it go. These 85 videos will white out their views of no use. On the passing them both, like it I'm the cold. Something I know has joined along. Time through. Take it out. No sleep. Only when you stop. Time to deceive ain't up. On the passing them both, like it I'm the cold. Something I know has joined along. Time through. Angel, I found you, in the drifting lights, in the drifting lights. Oh, angel, I'll find you, should have known you'd side with the drifting lights. Oh, angel. So, before we get into the lyrics, um, let's talk about the title. What are these 85 videos? Well, personally, uh, this is just, I, I guess, probably wrong, but I just think since it's... The whole album gives me like 80s uh, synth rock vibes. I just feel like, okay, maybe it's like music videos from, from 1985. Yeah. It wouldn't really make sense in the context, the way he sings it, but, he, you know, he plays around with words. So I don't know. That's my only guess. And I'm going to agree with that. That That is what it, it, yeah. it makes me feel like I'm listening to my childhood right. in the early 80s. And so, yeah, I, I would say it's hearkening back to their childhood. Yeah, I would say that not only do I agree with all that, I don't actually care if it's not correct because in my head canon it just makes perfect sense to me, so I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair. <laughs> I can tell you what it's not, which is like the 85 videos that Mew released on YouTube after a long hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> like the yeah. quantity, the number of videos produced, like they 85. Eight albums. <laughs> they, they owe us at least yeah. 80 more. <laughs> Get on it, Jonas. I know you're listening. <laughs> yeah. um, maybe it's just like a an arbitrary uh, number as well. Like, because um, I don't know if you want to go into lyrics yet, but the, I mean, the lyrics in short to me is about like uh, how they worked really hard and it was a lot of pressure on them uh, with deadlines and stuff. And maybe there's like this, Oh, we need to finish these 85 videos, you know, we need to finish all this stuff. It's just like, it, it feels like a lot, you know, and they need to, like Jonas is working on his uh, visual videos and he needs to finish those videos. And then maybe that's like, ah, oh, need to get done with this. Yeah. Explain why it's so late. On so can we talk about the numerology of 85? 
Go for it. Because that's something like I'm not really into this sort of thing, thing like uh, as a practice or anything. But this, some people are, and I think it's worth mentioning. So, I found this website that has uh, like all different numbers and what they might mean. So, this is what this website says. We'll we'll link it in the show notes. Number eighty five is a compilation of the vibrations of the number eight and the number five. Number eight brings its energies of karma, the universal spiritual law of cause and effect, giving and receiving, personal power and authority, inner wisdom, financial management, determination, and manifesting wealth and abundance. Number five adds its attributes of auspicious new opportunities, making life choices and important changes, life lessons learned through experience, individualism, free will and personal freedom, promotion, intelligence and progress and it also states that um, it is a message suggesting that some old restraints and constraints will be shed in order to make way for auspicious new opportunities advancements and promotions in your life it is a message that the important changes ahead of you or happening right now and the relevant choices you make will bring long-term benefits to your life okay that's that's a mouthful, but basically, I think that if you can read into that, you can read into the lyrics and what they're meaning in terms of his relationship with Bo. So I'll go into that in a little bit. But I noticed that you what you skipped there was angel number eighty five. Okay, so Keyword that's angel. Yes. So in numerology and the whole idea of listening to your intuition and that sort of thing. It's the idea that you listen to angels or spirit guides or something of that nature who give you messages. And one of the things that people see is like repeating numbers or things like that. And the the theory is that your guides are trying to send you a message using numbers. Mm. And so if you're seeing the number 85 over and over, it means you're going to be like looking for a new path forward in your life. You're getting rid of things that no longer... Uh, serve you and moving forward. What does it so, mean if you see the number one, five, six uh, all over the place? It means you know the secret. Oh, okay. Well, I don't, and I see the number all, all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so shall we move into lyrics here? Yes. Because I feel like we're, we're set up. I mean, I, I, I was just going to say um, that, um, you know, there's an outside chance that 85 could be another one, five, six scenario where we'll never mm -hmm. actually know yep. what it means. Yeah, right. quite possibly. Definitely, definitely possible. <laughs> Lyrics, what's going on here? What's um, before we get into your end? I want to ask you guys, like, what's what's the surface le level reading here? Um, Kira, let's start with you. Oh, I have no idea. If I'm honest, <laughs> I mean, I'm when it comes to lyrical deciphering, I am not the best person to ask. Has it never meant anything to you when you're listening to it? Like, have you never pictured anything? I mean, for me, whenever I'm listening to lyrics, it's more in service of the music almost. Like, I can kind of get like certain, like, I attach myself to certain lines or phrases that really stick out to me. Like, I guess in this one the you know the chorus with angel i found you and the drifting lights and the drifting lights that sticks out to me but in a very visual way and again why the music video is so great is that when that section comes on and you've got all those mad kaleidoscopes going on with the like yeah. crazy blues that's like what sticks out to me um also the you know the line um 
Uh, I'm most sincere when I'm talking to strangers. Uh, they somehow appear in my hour of defenselessness. I've always liked that line because I think it's just very relatable in a way. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think you, Richard, quoted that to me um, before well, yeah, we, we got mean, on here. One oh. thing I didn't say at the start, which I probably should have, is that this is sort of the perfect um, first episode for me to do with you guys because um, <laughs> I am talking to strangers. Um, yeah. And that's what the song's about, so yeah. Yeah. No, we're Frenchers. And we're Frenchers, yeah. And I suppose <laughs> yeah. 5 a.m. Um, is an hour of defenselessness. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so... To me, like the whole album, I've realized that it's all about Bo leaving the band. Uh, and I don't think this song is any different. Um, like, especially the first uh, verse is, um, I think that's, you know, definitely about Dionys and Bo and um, how they work together, how they, you know, didn't agree on everything. They had their own ideas and um, they, maybe that's, you know, that's why they decided to go their separate ways in the end. Um, and it, it's also about, um, like when say, we don't have time, let it go. These 85 videos, as I mentioned before, you know, it's about the pressure of, of the of the work and having to release stuff, you know, to, to please the fans, to please, um, you know, business people. And it's just too much. And... And these 85 videos with broken eyes, uh, with broken eyes, uh, that just gives me this uh, visual of uh, Jonas's videos. Um, all the, the weird characters you see in his videos, they have uh, weird eyes, uh, a lot of them. <laughs> maybe that, that's what it means there. That's I don't true. know. Um, so that's why I, I thought maybe that's, maybe it's actually 85 videos that he had to make. Like, you know, it's a lot, he had to make a lot of videos. And he actually made a lot of videos for this album. Maybe just like he realized that when he wrote the lyrics, I'm going to have to make a lot of videos for this one. And it's a lot of work and I'm just frustrated right now. I'm going to write a song about it. Hmm. I mean, there is something in the quote, isn't there? That like this, um, the visuals were made before the, the music, supposedly. Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought so before tonight. Um, and maybe I'm completely wrong, but after learning that, like, the album was sort of made to prevent them from going bankrupt, and there was a lot of pressure there, and I can kind of see some of that in the lyrics, although that might just be kind of reading too yeah. much into it. I, I'm hesitant to personally to kind of attribute it too much to be about Bo leaving. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of struggle to see Easy that in to it. fall into into the, yeah. the, those lines, yeah, especially definitely. as bands when that was kind of what was on our mind. It's it's what on our, it's what on it's what on our mind certainly, but um, I wouldn't presume that's what you know Jonas is thinking about. You know, I'm sure he has a massive life outside of Bo. You know, relationships with you know friends, you know, or you know mm -hmm. lovers or whatever that we don't know about or whatever. Um, I mean, as as a sort of a songwriter myself. I tend to kind of go for kind of Occam's razor into a lot of these things. Um, like I, I know, you know, with my, with my own music, I've had people kind of interpret my lyrics really, really deeply and get all these kind of really, you know, deep sort of 
incredibly thought out interpretations of my lyrics. Whereas in reality, I put these words together because they sounded cool or I was just singing about an mm-hmm. ex-girlfriend or something extremely simple like that, you know? Um, yeah. And it's very common along, uh, among like a lot of artists that I've interviewed. Um, is that just that like normal stories. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> you know, often, but that, 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 that being said, I also strongly believe, you know, as a songwriter myself, that what, what I mean a song to mean doesn't actually matter. It's all about fan interpretation. Um, yeah. and, and especially with the song like 85 videos, you know, you, you do have such heavy hitting lines in there. Like I'm most sincere when I'm talking to strangers or, um, you know, even something like Angel, I found you in the drifting lights, you know, that doesn't have to be about anything. But if you've just, say, for instance, fallen in love with someone and you're listening to the song a lot, you know, you can put that meaning onto it. If, if it has emotional resonance to you, yeah. you know, what, what else matters? Richard, I think that's exactly, I think you've hit the nail on the head for me in terms of how I feel about Muse lyrics. It's more about how, you know, I don't necessarily understand what the lyrics mean half the time, but it's, they're very emotive in a way, like, uh, and it's just like association. Like you say, Angel, I found you in the drifting lights could mean like someone's just met a girl for the first time. Mm, yeah. I know for me, when I think of that lyric, it just kind of reminds me of my grandmother for some reason. And I can't explain why, but that's where my brain goes. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's very valid. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure like all of us might have something like that. Like, for instance, I was going through mm. a pretty rough breakup when I heard 156. And that helped yeah. me through, even though it's a song that, you know, perhaps doesn't have the mm. most aspirational lyrics to it. You know, that doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, it helps me through that time, my interpretation mm. of it, you know? Yeah. I, f- I don't know. I feel like Angel isn't like, a, isn't usually a word associated with like classic love and relationships. It's more of a, unless you count the cherub. <laughs> I mean, it could. It could. Oh, that's not an angel. <laughs> like Cupid and his Cupid, arrows. Yeah. I mean, it could. It could yeah. be about death. Oh, yeah. You know, it could be about someone who's passed or something. The angel of death, or, or something. Like, yeah, some sort of yeah. other yeah. worldly or um, religious is the word. I I just find it very hard to imagine personally. Um, Jonas referring to Bo as an angel. <laughs> At any point, <laughs> yes. Let alone after they split. Um. Well, yeah, I don't think uh, he's the angel here. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I, I, I also, I, at first, I, I saw this song as being about um, a person in love with someone that that didn't express the same feelings back. You know, mm. especially in the, in the first verse, you see, you know, like how I talked about in, in the beginning with Jonas and Bo. It could also be like two people that like. Jonas being in love with someone and that other person didn't respond in the same way, like oh, just uh, in a relationship, yeah, and like trying yeah. to work out everyday life issues, like who takes down the trash and who pays the bills, and yeah, it, it could it could be as simple as that. Well, I'm gonna go into my interpretation, which is kind of like a mesh of everything that you guys have said. Okay, so sweet. I do think it is about the songwriting process and particularly the back and forth between Jonas and Bo. So I see that there's like an argument happening in that first verse between the two of them about what needs to remain in the song and what they can cut out. And is the song going to work if they cut too much or do, do they need to cut this bit? Like, and the broken eyes goes right into that, that lyric, um, time flows and never flies broken eyes. And when you're doing something creative, you're often like 
staring at it. In this case, it would be like listening to it over and over again. But you become blind to it. You don't know if it's good anymore. You have to have an outside perspective to know because it's just... It is what it is. It, it's a thing. Like if I'm working on a Photoshop document for like six hours straight, I'll, I'll have to walk away for an hour and then come back and then I can see it with fresh eyes again or mm-hmm. have um, like give it to somebody else for, for their critique because I, I'm blind to what I'm seeing. And the idea that the, that time is flowing, it's passing, but it's not flying means that this process is absolutely not fun because when time flies, when you're having fun, that that's the... Mm-hmm. The yeah. adage, but you, these this is obviously a creative process, but it's also a business process. They have to get this done, like you were saying, Advar. Like you have to get it done, mm-hmm. and it's a job for them. Yeah. So I think some of the lyrics point to Jonas not really feeling like his voice is being heard, like he's kind of being trampled over, and he is looking elsewhere for inspiration from a muse and i think the the chorus is what he's talking about there is the angel is his muse he's looking for somebody to like help him out here like you know throw me a bone here man and he finds this angel when he's looking for it but the angel decides to go side with the other instead of him so he sees this muse as betraying him. So I think this is a process of creating music, looking for inspiration, and feeling unfulfilled by what they create. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I can definitely say that. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I say this whenever Anne gives her analysis. I'm like, yep, yeah, <laughs> that's you know. it. I, I mean, I, I say that just kind of relating to her analysis <laughs> as, as someone <laughs> mm-hmm. who writes and constantly gets stuck, you know. It, right. it can it can it can get tempting to just write about writing because it's such a yeah, frustrating process sometimes yeah yes it is absolutely so what's your take on the is it the bridge here on passing them both like it i'm the cold something i know has joined along time through take it out no sleep and so on like what's your take on that whole whole section it feels like um, stream of consciousness. Like he's just like going through all these thoughts in his head. He's like, "Oh my god, have we done enough? Like, did I put my own stuff in here? Oh god, I'm I haven't been sleeping. I'm exhausted. Um, you know, you're making all this stuff up, and I don't feel like it's working. And like I, I'm I'm putting uh, I'm you know, dumping cold water. I'm the cold. I'm like it. I'm the cold. I'm dumping cold water on the process because it's not working for me and. I don't like what you're doing. It's like the chaos of creating something under pressure. I think yeah. I agree. Like when you hear this, that um, bridge in the song as well, it does really sound like stream of consciousness. Uh, consciousness, Like if, you know, when he's saying each line in the song, it feels so separate to the next. It's almost like watching a montage in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the words like from one line are also like continued on to the next line in one go. Yeah. Um, they're not like separated. Like when I read the lyrics out, I'm reading them line by line, like they're a poem. But the way that Jonas sings them out is like they continue on as if they're a, the same thought, even though they're not. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah, that's, it reminds me of uh, how he sings that the, the ending part of uh, "Tricks of the Trade." Oh that's yeah, the part there as well. Where yep. He sings like that. Maybe yeah, he does that in yeah. a lot of his music, it, yeah. where he he's taking the the next line and continuing on as if it were part of the previous line. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, one line that stands out, uh, stands out here to me is that time to deceive ain't up. Uh, you can, I mean, many ways to, to look at that, I feel like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't want to take any guesses, but yeah. So what we're looking at is a song depicting the frustration of doing creative work with mm-hmm. uh, other people, yeah. essentially. Having to balance yeah. everything from business time, other life chores and uh, your creative feet feature yeah when you do work like any type of commercial art you are you know you have to please your client and if your client's not pleased then your your process is like useless because you have to you're not going to get paid that way (laughs) if they're Mm -hmm. not happy and having to cooperate in making art can be difficult as well um because you have your own ideas and you want to execute them and, and then other people bring in their ideas and it doesn't fit with your ideas. Mm-hmm. So Design can, by uh, committee is always something that ends up being lesser than it would be if there were fewer voices heard. Oh, yes. I know that feeling so well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's where I'm like, I think that's where, um, why I feel like it's such a shame as a fan of you that boat left. Because mm-hmm. it seems like that struggle that must have been, and the reason has been obviously the reason why they always took so long to make their music and to release it. Uh, that's also why it was always so intriguing and so good, and why I'm still listening to No More Stories and mm-hmm. and kites and such. Is that there is a lot more going on underneath all the the, the surface, and like a lot of that must have come from these struggles and back and forths and compromises yeah. that must have been going on when they were yeah. writing these this music mm-hmm. i'm sure yeah but i can imagine that's also probably also why the the split happened right there because imagine yeah. living in that for what 20 25 years or something like that yeah is this really it is this the song is there anything more to it uh, I would like to add one thing to the musical analysis bit, just quickly, if that's okay. Go for it. So, I mean, you know, I was talking about tension and release with this song. Um, I think that's most like apparent in the beginning, you know, up until... So you've got that lead synth coming in, and you've got that tension of like, well, where the, where is this going to go? And then that huge wall of sound that comes in with everyone kind of coming in at the same time. And that's where you know this coming out as the first like real single you know it's like yeah this is what mew is now you can hear you know you've got the synth you've got the um drums and the bass the bass from johan is so heavy and it's mixed in so well as well um but that's the thing i like about the song it's like it's so distinct you can hear each member so clearly doing their part but they're all kind of on fire (laughs) and Mm. yeah i just you wanted to add that That, that's (laughs) a really interesting point actually um sometimes you know when a band loses a member it really highlights the contributions of the others and i think you know mm. on visuals especially you know you really hear johan's bass in a way that you haven't yeah. done for a long time mm-hmm. um and sealess as well it kind of reminds me of um i know i know that there's there's probably a decent chance that a lot of you guys are cigarose fans um yeah and mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what happens with um kvaker oh, Faker, whatever you call it, um, um, yeah, you know when um 
Ah, oh, what's his name? Keyboard player left. Ah, oh, I forgot his name. You know the one. The one with the beard. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Uh, Don't know yeah. the names. I, I can't remember his name. Anyway, he, he left John the band. John C is the lead. No, it's not John Z. Um, there, was, there was a guy who was in the band uh, for Valtari and all the other albums. Mm. Um, and ah, yeah. He, he left before Quaker. Um, mm. And you can hear on Quaker that, you know, the, the bass and the drums are so much more prominent and so much more pronounced. Yeah. And I definitely Absolutely. I feel that on visuals as well. You know, with Bo gone, you know, the other members have really kind of stepped up. This is going to be a bit of a dumb question because I feel like I've already been given the answer and I've forgotten it. Um, who's the guitarist on on this song? Like I know I know Mads plays live, but is it him in the studio? Or right. Is it Jonas well, or is it? Um... It's it's one of them. Um, yeah. I know he he said uh, for Came to Safety, it's a mix of both of them playing. Okay. So that might be the case on this one as well. Uh, yeah. th- it doesn't <laughs> specify on the album, so. No. We don't know exactly. Yeah. No, I mean the, the guitar um, on visuals does have less of a sort of distinct character than Bo's playing right. did. Yeah. Um, which although I still love that guitar right at the start of '85 videos. Oh, like I know it doesn't, it doesn't yeah, yeah. sound like Bo at all, but no. it's like it's it so still sounds pow- good. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's still powerful. Yeah. <laughs> it gets me every time when that drops. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I think the guitar on the album is great, all things considered. Um, I was just hoping mm. that you know maybe those information on that uh, i do kind of wish Jonas would play guitar a bit more often because he used to do that a lot in the old days and then he stopped yeah and, i mean to be fair yeah. if you're in a band with Bo, you don't need to but he's not anymore so it's now's as good a time as yeah. to pick it up again <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, i think the case with Jonas is he he plays a lot of instruments he plays like the cello he plays the piano uh i'm sure he plays Violin. the drums everything yeah 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 but i don't think he's like a master of any of those instruments. He, instruments yeah. he, he just he knows how to play them, but he's not a you know at bow level uh, at any of them. You know that's that's why I feel like yeah I think he I, I think piano is his uh, best instrument. I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, I think so. I think Johan's a pretty good guitarist as well, from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah absolutely, yes. absolutely, yeah, really good. I was wondering about him as well if he picked up the guitar. But yeah, you're maybe. right. It's like, I'm, I'm sure, sure you know Jonas probably played a ton of instruments. Um, on the record, especially yeah. this uh, visuals is probably more of a layered album than anything they've done mm-hmm. in, in a way. Thinking so. about it, Johan played lead guitar in the storm as well. Yeah. Yes, he did. And he, you know, played the acoustic guitar a lot uh, with the Jonas when they do like witness yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it was Sealess that just played the guitar for all the songs and we just, we don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> While he's playing the drums. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's a wild card, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, with all that said, any last thoughts here? Anything that came up in the conversations you, you found extra interesting? I found your guys' analysis of the lyrics really interesting. I always like listening to everyone like unpick the lyrics because I I don't generally you know, read them myself uh, when I hear a song for the first time, so it's nice to get an idea of what other people are thinking. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you, uh, Kier. I, I usually don't know anything about the lyrics until i you know uh analyze them for for the episodes so mm. the same here um i 
it was interesting to try to figure out because this song has always been a big mystery to me. So I feel like I know the song a little bit better now. Like I feel like same. Yeah. I've, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to listen more to it just to see like if my opinion has, cha- has changed. Uh, I don't know if it has yet, but. I'm still wishing that we had a concrete answer to what 85 means, but it's okay that we don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just have to guess and live with that. I'm going to start dissing visuals here. Sorry. <laughs> Go for it. Do whatever you yeah. like. You're the yeah, host. Yeah. You're, you're going to do this at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this this wouldn't be my first rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> We could have just spent the whole podcast just going head to head about, you know, visuals. Is it a good album? Yes or no? Yeah. That could be an episode in and of itself if you're running out of ideas. I mean, let's let's <laughs> let's do it now. I feel like most, at least so far, of what the songs we've covered, they've all kind of come around to the same point. They're about the struggle of both leaving, in some sense, and uh, that makes every song a little bit predictable. Like, I've always had this sense, especially with that opening, those opening lines of 85 videos, that that was kind of what it was about. But I always like to try and go like, yeah, but let's see, is there more to it? And, I, and I've never felt with a visual song that there was more to it. Where unlike plus minus, no more stories, which we've talked upon a lot at this point, and... Um, yeah, and kites for that matter, probably as well. Uh, there's a lot more underneath the surface and a lot more you could read into it. And the songs differ a lot more in what they're actually about. Uh, if they're about anything, no more stories. <clears throat> um, yeah. Okay, so my rebuttal here um, is, I guess, I mean, I, I definitely see your point, but maybe it's a concept album of... Deceit, betrayal, fighting. Maybe it's uh, it's just like Jonas um, getting all his frustration and thoughts out on, a, on an album because that's what was on his mind when he wrote the album. So it's, it would be natural that that's you know the most important thing on the album. Uh, but the songs are very different at the same time. Like maybe the lyrics are related to each other, but they fit together in a way nicely. Uh, they are very different and I just like the whole album as a as a package uh, I like I agree yeah I just I like the sound of it because uh, I'm a big 80s guy <laughs> like I Same. love 80s synth <laughs> yeah. pop and so I like Depeche Mode and all that stuff I, I listen oh, to yeah. it so uh, this album just reminds me of that in a lot of ways and I know that you know you are children of the 80s and so it would be natural for them to be inspired by that era and I, I just really love it even though I, I agree that it's not as co- complex as previous albums and it's it was made in you know two over two years and less than that maybe and so it was maybe a little bit rushed uh, they had to rush it a little bit uh, you, maybe you can hear it there are less guitars there are more synths but to me it all boils down to the melodies and the production and I just love that I love the melodies on the album I love the production and that's that's all you need to me so yeah i agree i mean visuals isn't my favorite album um but and you know i like like plus minus for instance i i probably prefer it as a whole but i would say it's 
more disjointed as an album than something like Visuals. Visuals mm. is like the closest to like, you know, one of their albums feeling thematically like all the songs fit together very yeah. tightly. Mm-hmm. Since Kites, that's how I kind of feel. Like I feel No More Stories was like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the beginning of that album is very like all the beach kind of like the almost a summary feeling to that album it's all very concise and then with the intermezzos it kind of breaks the album up into different sections so each section of that album feels quite different whereas like kites and i think visuals are probably the two albums where i'm like yeah they all kind of flow into each other quite nicely yeah Mm -hmm. and this album has a lot more hard cuts than like something like plus minus which had a lot of like fade outs as well yeah but yeah, I like it. Not my favourite, but I, I, I do like yeah. it. I've always felt like it has this... I think it's that cynical a, a feeling to it that, like, you, you, uh, it's, as a fan, it's, like, so obvious Bo isn't there. And, like, when you listen to the sound of it and then, the like, seeing how the lyrics always point to that in some fashion, it's like... Um, it makes it almost a bit one-sided. Um, and I don't know, I feel like some of the songs are like the best of the album. Are actually, the songs that aren't really about it, um, that would be probably Carrying Me to Safety and 85 Videos gets away with it, uh, with all the the angel references. Like That makes me think of the Mew Angel. Like They can't sing angel and not put that image in my head. Mm-hmm. Um and then it just has that structure of a classic Mew song, like progressive Mew song. Um, but yeah, so I guess um, yeah, I'll, I'm I'm still not sold on visuals, and yeah, it feels a bit of a rush, like a rush rushed album. Uh, and it's cool to know the the kind of behind the scenes, like what what was going on. And uh, but it just makes me it makes me long for uh, for something of the the classic Mew in a bit. So I'm looking forward to see what the less cynical Mew sounds like. Um, and maybe Takis is, is some of that. Uh, but hopefully mm-hmm. we get some official Mew uh, at some point in in near future. I, I have a bit of um, a different take on visuals. I wasn't a huge fan of Plus Minus because even though I like the songwriting, everything just sounded overarranged and overproduced. And like they overthought everything and second-guessed everything and they were clearly infighting and trying to pick a direction and just going in all sorts of different directions and to me it it sounded you know like it it was kind of held back from being as good as it could be whereas visuals to me sounds like they've just gone in struck when the iron was hot you know and then the songs just panned out exactly how they needed to be nothing more nothing less they haven't overthought it they haven't overarranged it or maybe a little bit but certainly not to the extent that they have in the past and then Mm. you know it it was done when it was done you know and I, I wish they would they would do more like that, you know, go in, yeah. don't overthink things, strike when the iron's hot, um, and then come out, you know, something that's, you know, simple but great. I think we have the winner here. I'll, I'll declare you the winner in the boxing match. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you have to have a boxing name like uh, the Great Dane <laughs> versus Drop Bear Man or something. <laughs> Drop Bear Man, not I like me it. in person, Anne. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm not particularly big. <laughs> no, that's why it's funny. And <laughs> <laughs> not a dog yeah. person either, so yeah. That's yeah. exactly why it's funny, because it's not fitting at all. <laughs> yeah. 
I think one interesting thing that we've kind of touched upon here as well is just that, you know, the fact that Muse albums are so different, that they do kind of have the ability or rather the creative juice and the want to go out and make some a different album every time. Like, not just, you know, regurgitating the same stuff. And it, I think it kind of shows that in the fan base where you kind of get different people's views. Like, some people really hate certain albums. Some people really stan other ones. Or some people are just, you know, only really like one new album even. Like, I know one person, uh, one of my friends, uh, they absolutely love And the Glass-Handed Kites. They think it's a really good album, but they do not like a single new album <laughs> besides that one. Wow, okay. And it's just like, and I think that really is a, I see that as a positive thing, really, because it's a testament to their, like, ability to kind of adapt and, like, try new things and appeal to different people every time. Yeah. Uh, if not everyone, if, you know. Uh, <laughs> of course, yeah. That's the risk when you make such different albums. You you will win some and lose some all the time. But I I, I do appreciate that about them, because I think I'd get, if they tried to, like, redo And the Glass-Handed Kites every yeah. time, yeah. I think I would, you know, it would... It, it would work. It's so disappointing <laughs> no. when artists do that. Like when that newer Tool album came out, I was like, "Oh, yeah. this is going to be great." And then I'm like, "No, it's just more of the same." <laughs> I know. I totally agree. <laughs> like, come on, like different. The first time I listened to it, uh, it, I was like, "Okay, this they sound exactly the same as they <laughs> yeah. did." Uh, like, was it 13 years ago? The last yep. album was, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Okay, I mean, I liked it, but it felt no, I'm actually." disappointed because yeah it didn't have the like any like hits on it because every album has a few hits on it like uh like more radio friendly stuff mm-hmm. and like more that di- di- digestible stuff uh I, i didn't really uh hear any of that uh on the last album in in the same way and it was right that like the big like 15 minute jam so it was like mm-hmm. <laughs> um and yeah But anyway, yeah. You really need a long attention span for for yes. that record. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I don't have it. <laughs> no, I've less and less. I was like Cho- chocolate chip chip. That's five minutes. Yeah. Okay, that's my favorite yeah. song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's just unlistenable. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you for joining us, Richard. It was really cool to have you and really cool of you to uh, stay up all night and uh, pull yes. through. Um, yeah, so thank you. Uh, I, re- I really enjoyed um, doing this. Hopefully it wasn't uh, too appalling for you guys. Oh, it was no, great. you were um, great. Loved it. No, you're awesome. And uh, yeah, if you, if you ever need me back, all we have to do is ask. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Well, hint, hint. Oh, we've <laughs> got you now. We've got your name now and number, yeah. so don't worry about that. You, you'll hear from us. Okay. Yeah, I, I just just the last question. What time is it now? It's five five forty a.m. Monday Bloody morning. <laughs> oh <Okay>. man! <laughs> uh, sorry. Oh, because you've got the weird like uh, half time yeah. like time zone. Yeah. Oh man! Yeah, the joy the joys of being a South Australian. <laughs> oh man! So All weird. the more respect to you, man. That's uh, <laughs> so cool of you to to jump in and, uh, yeah. and join us here. What can I say? I, I love me. I love your podcast. I love the sound of my own voice. So yeah, I was <laughs> perfect combination. More, more, more yeah. than happy to do this. That's why you're in radio, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry.
yeah. I, I couldn't. I could. I, I missed out my chance to interview Jonas, but um, I had to talk to. I got to talk to you guys, so that's you know, it's close enough. Yeah, yeah, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for making it this far into our show, and um, we'll see you guys back next Monday with another great track. So follow us by subscribing to the MUX podcast in your favorite podcasting app of choice. You can follow MUX on social media where the handle is MUXinfo or the website MUX.info. Here you can find everything and anything related to Mew, even this show. Hey, thank you guys, and I'll see you guys another time. Bye. Bye. Bye.